0: Welcome to Long-Term Care Radio on Seattle's Cairo Radio. Long-Term Care Radio is brought to you in part by 525 Advisors, your local long-term care experts. Brian Ott is a certified long-term care planning specialist and will show you how to protect the people you love from the financial, physical, and emotional consequences of a long-term care situation. Because of new state and federal laws, there are new and exciting options you need to know about. Now, here's your host,
1: Brian O. Welcome to Long-Term Care Radio and the Long-Term Care Radio podcast. So let's talk about planning. If we go to Google and type in planning, we end up on Wikipedia's page, the, the online encyclopedia. And Wikipedia has quite a bit of information on planning. And it says, planning is the process of thinking about the activities required to achieve a desired goal. It is the first and foremost activity to achieve desired results. It involves the creation and maintenance of a plan, such as the psychological aspects that require conceptual skills. There are even a couple of tests to measure someone's capability of planning well. As such, planning is a fundamental property of intelligent behavior. So this was fascinating to me because I think you know we hear the word planning all the time retirement planning estate planning you know planning for college we plan for this plan for vacations plan 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 but it turns out that there's not everybody has the ability to effectively plan it says planning is one of the executive functions of the brain there is a positive relationship between impaired planning Ability and the damage and damage to the frontal lobe. So, otherwise, some people just don't have the ability to plan. And I kind of laughed when I read that line because, like, the frontal lobe I think it takes uh, to age 25, 26 for males for that frontal lobe to fully develop. And I mean, I tell you, I had a tough time planning in college. I was just talking with some friends of mine on a ski vacation a while back saying, if we would have just went to school from eight to five and either been in school or been in the library and you know, take an hour off for lunch every day, I said we would have had so much free time and we would have gotten like straight A's. And everybody just kind of laughed because it was, it was really hard to plan out your week and your days and around all your activities when I was younger. And so now I see there's an excuse, My, my frontal lobe wasn't fully developed. So I have to keep that in mind with my son who's getting ready to head off to college. But the reason why I talk about this is because, you know, not everybody's a planner. And, and in my household, my mom was a great planner. She would get like every week the, the newspaper would come and she'd pull out the sales flyers for the grocery store and she'd get out her patent pencil and she'd make a list on what was on sale. And then she would kind of plan out her meals for the week. And when um, things like Christmas and school shopping, she always had her little budget where she would squirrel a little bit of money away so that when it came time for the school sales in, in in July and August to get those back to school clothes, she had the money and then the same thing for Christmas. And she was a planner. And my dad, not so much. My dad just, he was a doer, but he was not a planner. And if we go through the encyclopedia, I mean the Wikipedia, we go down through there, they have a a paragraph in there says alternatives to planning, opportunism can supplement or replace planning. And that's kind of how I view my dad. My dad, you know, when he was logging, he would log right up to the point where he couldn't. Like the the snow started melting and then the roads got closed for two weeks because they would get too muddy. They couldn't get the trucks in there to get the logs out. So he would work right up till that day, and then he would say, hey, let's go do this, or let's go see so-and-so. He was, you know, let's, let's take this opportunity to go do something. But my mom was that. She was more of like, let's plan this out. Let's mark this out and, and do what we need to do and make sure we're prepared. So I see that on, you know, I grew up in that. And maybe you're in that situation in your household as well, too, where you have somebody that is really good at planning and somebody that doesn't like to plan at all. Now, there are downsides you can overplan by far, and I know you've probably been in those situations where if you're trying to go do something with somebody, they have every minute planned out of every day, and you're like, oh, gosh, because if you overplan, it kills your spontaneity without question. However, if you don't plan, you really miss some opportunities. And, um, you know, think about going on vacation. If you take the time and you do a little research on which restaurants to eat at and stuff, you're probably going to, you know, there's a chance that you know, uh, okay, I don't want to go to that one. That one's got 53 one-star reviews out of 60 reviews, and this one over here has 125-star reviews out of 125 reviews. So you can do some things like that to maybe insulate yourself from some of the downside things when you're traveling. And I know when I was um, moved out here 20-some years ago and I started doing a lot of hiking in the Pacific Northwest, And I really learned very quickly that planning for that trip ahead of time by looking at the map, figuring out where you're going to go, looking at the elevation gain so I could kind of track how many miles I could do in a day, and then really making sure that I was prepared. If I put the time in to plan for that trip, it was a lot better because you have to learn in those situations. If you're not planned for the weather changing and the weather suddenly changes and gets super cold, I mean, you can have just miserable or even be in... know, physical danger when you're out in the mountains. So I kind of learned that way. There's certain things we know that if we put some time into we plan, life's going to be a lot better for us. And that's a lot of what we we think about for retirement planning. The better I plan today, the more time I put into it, hopefully the better the retirement years are going to be. And I was actually listening to one of the financial syndicated shows on the radio last week, and uh, it was Rick Edelman, and he was talking about, he had this survey which I just thought was fascinating. It said the things that people would rather do than sit down with a financial planner, and it was like go to the dentist, and and it was just a really funny list. So there are quite a few of us that don't like to plan, but this week I'm going to spend some time talking about why my clients plan. I've worked with thousands of people. And what I see is the people that put plans in place, there's some similarities to why they do it. So I'm going to share those things with you today and go over that. And so you can see maybe you're looking through the same lens as some of my clients, or maybe you're not. Maybe you have a complete different view on that. So we'll talk about that. Um, Before we go much deeper, I want to say thank you to everybody that came to our classes. Uh, Last week we had one on Wednesday, which was great. Dory Monson kicked that one off. That was our, our 3 after three o'clock in the afternoon class on Wednesday. And for those of you that are listening to me live in the Seattle market on Cairo, so that's 8 to 9 o'clock, we still have a class this morning at 9 o'clock. That's going to be our last class for March. And then for those of you that are listening on, on KVI or KTTH later in the weekend, our next class is going to be in April. So we have two classes up, April 14th. That's a 3 p.m. class and April 17th, that's a Saturday at 9 a.m. So we will get both of those up on our website, and you can register. And, again, the classes are free. You just click on it. We're going to send you a link, and then all you do is you open up that link, and you watch it in your browser. So you can watch it on your your your, your iPhone or your SmartPad or whatever you have, um, smart TV, you name it. You can watch that, and you can even send us some questions. And so we have those classes going Uh, on for April. That's going to be up on the calendar here for you here shortly. And then today, I've got a really great client of the week that I want to talk about. So um, there's really two types of plans out there, the cash or the reimbursement type of benefits. That means once you're on claim, how you get paid out. And last week, I was talking about the tax consequences of a 1099 LTC. So if you missed that, go back and get our podcast but this week, I want to show you how we designed a plan for Andrew, who is 61, and married his wife, Linda. We did a cash benefit plan, and I'm going to tell you why we designed that plan. And then the last segment today, we're going to spend some time talking about cash versus the reimbursement plans, who cash benefits are for. Because there's pros and cons to everything it's like, like i said both sides of of the coin we're going to talk about the cash benefits today and who they're good for and what i look for when someone says hey i want long-term care insurance and why i might consider a cash plan versus a reimbursement plan so we've got a lot to cover today um so stick around we're going to head into our first break and when we get back let's talk about the reasons why people put a plan in place we'll be right back
0: Many people with near or over a million dollars in assets will mistakenly pay more in taxes in a long-term care situation than it would have cost them to set up an insurance plan to pay for the care needed. Learn more by attending Brian's free asset-based class. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com.
2: Have you heard beginning next year, all W-2 employees will be taxed for long-term care, but not if you have an existing plan in place. This new government program will make Washington State employees pay for a long-term care plan through a new payroll tax, and you won't have a choice. You won't be able to opt out unless you have an existing plan in place, like my wife and I do through my friends at 525 Advisors. Learn about this new payroll tax and new long-term care plans at a free live webinar this morning at 9. Long-term care is such an important part of retirement planning. A good plan from 525 Advisors can make sure your care is funded and managed when you need it. It protects your loved ones and everything you've worked hard for. They also have plans that pay you back if you never need it. With this new coming payroll tax, I recommend looking into it now because most people can get better coverage for less than what the mandatory tax will be. So attend the free live webinar this morning at 9. Go to 525 long term care Com.
3: Take the burden off your loved ones by making sure your care is funded and managed in a time of need. Visit 525longtermcare.com to learn more and sign up for the next live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. How do you know your
2: finances and investments right now in today's economy are positioned for a successful retirement? Well, join me at Zach Abraham's Know Your Risk virtual roadshow this Thursday at 4 o'clock. And Zach, I'm excited to be there. Tell us what to expect.
4: Dory, we've taken Bulwark's entire investment and retirement planning process, the same one you and Suzanne went through, and we've condensed it down into a 30-minute class. We'll answer all the big questions. Do you need estate planning? Long-term care? When should you take Social Security? How much money do you need to retire? And we're also going to show everyone who attends how to protect their portfolio against loss while still growing their assets.
2: Join me at the Know Your Risk Virtual Roadshow with Zach Abraham this Thursday at 4 o'clock. I'll be there too. Sign up now at KnowYourRiskRadio.com. You'll get a free copy of Zach's booklet, Common Sense Investing, too. Space is limited for this free live webinar reserved now at KnowYourRiskRadio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement with a firm's license to conduct business. Portal Capital's, a DBA of Clear Creek Financial Management, a registered investment advisor.
0: Are you confused about the best way to protect your family and savings? Get answers now by listening to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, Certified Long-Term Care Planning Specialist with 525
1: Advisors. And welcome back. Thanks for tuning in to Long-Term Care Radio and the Long-Term Care Radio Podcast. And if you're new to Long-Term Care Radio, again, we do have our podcasts available on our website, or you can go to iTunes, or just Google Long-Term Care Radio Podcast, and you will be able to link and pull up some of our old shows. We do the radio show just really as an educational resource. Our whole process at 525 Advisors is start with education. Learn about what long-term care is, learn about your options, find out what long-term care pays for, then let's talk about your situation and putting a plan in place. And so we have all of this information that we talk about mapped out on our website. In the podcast, a lot of them tie together. So last week I came to you and I was telling you about a story with a CPA that I had that was laughing, saying, you know, why doesn't everybody do this? And I gave you the, you know, why people don't plan, the top five reasons why people don't put a long-term care plan in place. And it was, you know, they don't need it, Um, it's too expensive, they have enough money, they can self-insure, they don't understand what the the options were or what long-term care provides, and lastly, they wait too long. Otherwise, they they wait to a point where their health is compromised. So those were the top reasons that I recognize as a certified long-term care planner why people don't put plans in place. So this week, I wanna turn the the, the tables upside down and I wanna tell you why people put a plan in place. And believe it or not, there's a lot of similarities between my clients, why they put plans in place. And over my career, I've just seen this, and I know I look for certain cues. And we have a client coordinator here. We've got a new addition to 525 Advisors that a lot of you will have a chance to meet, um, Kristen. And she was asking the same thing, why people don't do it, why people do do it. And so we're going to talk this week about why people put a long-term care plan in place. And number that I'm going to give you four reasons here, really, the, the, the top four reasons that I see. These are the, the common features that, that um, I see when I sit down and I'm doing some design work. These are the, the common elements that the people um, have. So number one, protect the people they care about. By far, the, the, the people that put a long-term care plan in place are really thinking about somebody other than themselves. Yes, long-term care planning is about you, it's about your health, it's about bringing the funds in to help you pay for that care and the support to manage that care. But the overwhelming majority of my clients without question are worried about their family members, whether it's a spouse or whether it's their kids or whether it's the whole family. And sadly in this country right now, there's you know out of the tens of millions of people that are in long-term care situations right now actively two-thirds of them are relying on family members to provide that care. And there's probably a lot of you out there listening to my voice right now on the podcast or on the radio that know somebody or you've been a caregiver for somebody and you see the wear and tear it takes. Now, the consequences for your family members, number one, it's the physical wear and tear of being that caregiver. Statistically, you know, it used to be especially in the 70s and the 80s when long-term care insurance was just coming out and they were collecting the data. Statistically, what we saw was the man would go on claim first. The woman would become chronically ill, wearing herself out, trying to provide that care for him, and that she would spend, you know, she'd live another 10 years and she'd be in a long-term care situation. Well, those tables, are, it's not quite cut and dry anymore. What we're starting to see is, a, 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 you know, more, um, we're starting to see more men Especially for the cognitive illnesses there's more men out there taking care of their wives who have alzheimer's but the physical wear and tear on the caregivers is just it's it's a you know it's a tough truth you have to look at it the reality of it people wear themselves out being caregivers so we have the physical consequence we also have the financial consequence once somebody steps into that role of caregiving a lot of them are adult children who Have jobs, and so they start giving up their vacation time, they start giving up their overtime, they start having to cut back their hours. So, there's a true financial cost to being a caregiver. And then, lastly, the emotional wear and tear. Um, It just, folks, I'll tell you what long term care situations do not bring families together. Usually, what happens if there's multiple kids, one of the children step up. Not only do they physically give up their time, they financially give up some of their time if they're working, but emotionally, it becomes just a drag on them. It's wear and tear. So when I look at my clients, the number one reason why my clients put a plan in place without question is to protect their family members. They don't want their family to have to give up their lives. They don't want to be a burden on their family members. They want to make sure that their care is managed in a time of need. And that's really what we're talking about when we're putting long-term care plans in place Is saying, hey, we have a plan so that we have resources, we have that team of professionals that we can rely on so our family members can go on with their lives. And that's the key. So number one reason, they want to protect the people they care about. The second reason why my clients put a plan in place is probably what most people think is the first reason, but it's not. The second important reason is to protect their assets. I mean, how hard did you work for your money? There's really two camps out there. And I look at this and I look at this through when you watch the news and and, and I I listen to the politicians. There's really, you know, the people that say, it's not my fault. And for whatever reason, whatever somebody does, I don't care if they're shooting up heroin and and living on the street, it's not their fault. There's some other big reason for it. And then you have this other group of people that get up and they say, look, these are the rules. I'm gonna go like Gilligan's Island. I'm gonna go pick my coconut. I'm not gonna sit here and lay in the sun and complain because I don't have a coconut. I'm gonna go find one. And they work hard for their money. So most of my clients, very few of them, were just given a big chunk of money, and they're they're, you know because those are the people that generally they, they don't see the importance of protecting money because it wasn't really theirs. They just inherited it. The vast majority of my clients have worked hard for their money. They've done the right thing, whether it's it's you know holding a job, getting up early, being responsible, and they've built themselves a nice nest egg. So when we look at long-term care situations, we know that there is no stopgap until you are broke. You've got to spend your money down. So extended health care situations are the number one reason why people over 65 go broke in retirement. Number one reason, what they call unreimbursed medical costs, which is not even truly medical costs, it's long-term care or extended care costs that insurance doesn't pay for. If it was medical costs, well, Medicare is gonna pay for it over age 65, but it's not. It's, it's what we call the long-term care costs. And the problem with trying to self-insure, what people start to realize is self-insuring will unravel the best laid out estate plan and the best laid out retirement plans. And what I mean by that is you, you 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 spend all this time contributing to your 401K and squirreling money away, and then you sit down with your financial advisor and they pull out their fancy software and they type in all this stuff, your age, what's your budget, how much is your phone bill, and they have all this fancy software. And then they can come out and say, well, if we do a 3% or 4% drawdown on your retirement account and you have Social Security and you got your small pension, you've got a... 98.7% chance of not running out of money until you're 96 years old. And you're like, oh, okay, that's good. But what they don't calculate in there is what happens in an extended healthcare situation. Because it's hard to calculate those in and the cost. But again, it's the number one reason why you're going to just blow up your retirement plan is going to be this ongoing extended health care situation. And I think just that right there, remember what long-term care is. The first word is long. It's not short-term, it's long. It's extended healthcare situations. So the number two reason by far is to protect your assets. Protect everything that you worked hard for. Not only does long-term care insurance give you a defined bucket of money for pay for care, it's gonna give you the resources, the professionals to help you manage it. It's gonna save you taxes. It's going to protect everything you've worked hard for. Number three. The third reason why I see clients put a plan in place and on the importance list for them is to stay in control of their care options. The whole idea of having long-term care insurance is that now I have a dedicated source of money that is going to pay for that care. I can hire the people that I want in the location that I want. So if I'm at home, I can bring those home health care workers into my own home. If I choose to move to a continuing care retirement center to be with some friends and play bridge on Saturdays, you can do that. You trigger your event, your long-term care insurance is going to work there. So you are in control of your care options. What people don't realize is the way the Medicaid system works, the reason why so many people end up in, in nursing homes is because they're trying to you know, bring care and rely on their family members, and the family member just can't quite provide the level of care that that person needs, and then the doctor finally says, look, it's not safe for you to go home or you're a single person and you live in a two-story house with narrow stairs and you fall two or three times, and what happens? You end up getting stuck in a nursing home. You lose control because it's a safety issue. You're not safe at home, and you don't have anybody to go there. So now you say, well, I'm going to go back home and I'm going to hire that home health care worker. Well, guess what? You're going to be just burning your assets down, and then when you run out of those assets, you end up on Medicaid. So the idea of long-term care planning is stay in control. Don't let the hospitals or the doctors or somebody else dictate where you receive care. You have a plan. You're going to get a. You're going to get that case manager. You're going to develop your plan of care in the location that you want. That's what long-term care planning really does. And the last thing I want to talk about again, the top four reasons why people put long-term care plans in place. Number one is protect the people they care about. Number two is to protect, protect their assets. Number three is to stay in control of their care options. Number four, protect your legacy. And let's just spend a minute on this. What is your legacy? A lot of people think of their legacy as simply um, material items, money that I leave behind, the house, the car, the bank account. But really, your legacy is how you were remembered. It's how other people feel about you when you are gone. And my question to a lot of my clients is, how do you want to be remembered? Do you want your last years on this planet to be the best years for your family or the worst years for your family? You know, Most people say, well, I don't want them to be the worst years, but yet that's what they are. And I mean, think about this. I I always think about this when I go to a funeral. It's when you see somebody that has struggled through a long-term care situation and they finally pass away, it's bittersweet for those family members. And what I mean by that is that the bitter part is, yes, they lost a loved one, their spouse or their, their, their parent, whoever it is. But the sweet side is they don't have to worry about them anymore. They can get some of their day back. They can get some of their freedom back. And that's what we realize a lot in these long-term care situations. People go through them, and it ends up turning their last years into their worst years. Versus I look at my grandmother who moved into an assisted living facility. She got the care she deserved. We were relieved because we had you know, knew that she was getting that care, but we could go on with our lives. And so the last years of her life were not the worst years of the life for the family. So I always tell people about that. Think about your legacy. How do you want to be remembered? And if you took the time to put a plan in place and things were taken care of and you flip that switch in a time of need and you take that burden away from your family members, it's going to allow your family member to focus on spending quality time with you as opposed to trying to figure out, how to be a caregiver for you and how to manage your care situation. So those are our top four reasons. And again, very common through all of my um, clients, and I think that might be something to think about for you. How do you view life? Uh, Maybe that is why you might want to look into long-term care planning because you have some similarities with these people that put these plans in place. So um, we're going to head into our next break. When I come back, we're going to do the client of the week, who is Andrew at 61. He's married to his wife, Linda. I'm going to tell you the plan that we designed for him and why we did it. We'll be right back.
0: Due to recent changes in the Pension Protection Act, new asset-based plans guarantee a tax-free benefit for long-term care and pay you back with interest if you never use it. Learn more and sign up for one of Brian's free
2: classes at 525longtermcare.com. Have you heard beginning next year, all W-2 employees will be taxed for long-term care, but not if you have an existing plan in place. This new government program will make Washington State employees pay for a long-term care plan through a new payroll tax, and you won't have a choice. You won't be able to opt out unless you have an existing plan in place, like my wife and I do through my friends at 525 Advisors. Learn about this new payroll tax and new long-term care plans at a free live webinar this morning at Long-term care is such an important part of retirement planning. A good plan from 525 Advisors can make sure your care is funded and managed when you need it. It protects your loved ones and everything you've worked hard for. They also have plans that pay you back if you never need it. With this new coming payroll tax, I recommend looking into it now because most people can get better coverage for less than what the mandatory tax will be. So attend the free live webinar this morning at 9. Go to 525longtermcare.com.
3: Take the burden off your loved ones by making sure your care is funded and managed in a time of need. Visit 525longtermcare.com to learn more and sign up for the next live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. How do you
2: know your finances and investments right now in this economy are positioned for a successful retirement? Well, you can join me at Zach Abraham's Know Your Risk Virtual Roadshow this Thursday at 4
4: o'clock. Zach, now is the time for everyone to take a hard look at their investment strategy. Dory, there could not be a more prescient time. I'll answer all the big questions on investors' minds, because I can promise you, if you're incorporating some of the long-running investment strategies in today's markets, like a basic 60-40 stock bond portfolio, you're taking a serious gamble, and now is not the time to be gambling your retirement. Learn all about Zach's
2: retirement planning and investment strategies at his Know Your Risk virtual roadshow this Thursday at 4 o'clock. I'll be there, too. Space is limited for this free live webinar. Make your reservation now at KnowYourRiskRadio.com. That's KnowYourRiskRadio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement with the firm's license to conduct business. Borough Capital's DBA of Clear Creek Financial Management, a registered investment advisor.
0: This is Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Op. Listen and learn information from a certified long-term care planning specialist. You can email your questions to radio at 525advisors.com.
1: And welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio, and thanks again for tuning in. So, um, again, class is coming up. The Cairo listeners, this morning you've got about 30 minutes. I'm going to kick off my final class for March, um, which is at 9 o'clock. And you can still sign up at 525longtermcare.com. And then I'm going to have my classes up for next month in April. So we have a Wednesday afternoon at 3 o'clock on the 14th. And then we have a Saturday morning at 9 a.m. again on the 17th. And I'll just tell you, we're getting a lot of people uh, signing up for this because of the Washington State Trust Act is coming. I am going to be talking a little bit about that on these new webinars and what you need to know about that new payroll tax that's going to set up a plan. It's not even long-term care. Um, It's really a short-term care plan, and you're not going to own it. You're just going to be contributing into a trust fund for it. So we'll talk about some of those things as well, too. So, again, I'm going to say it every week, favorite part of the show, by far, this is what we do, the client of the week. What I try to do here is bring you an example of a client that I helped, what we talked about, why we went down the path we went, because... You need to understand that when you design a long-term care plan, you are in control of that. You are not going and buying something off of the shelf. You're not saying, I want the blue one or I want the red one. You are actually going to design that plan. It's a bucket of money. You decide how much money is in that bucket. You design how fast that money grows if you want an inflation rider. You design how you take the money out of the bucket, how much it is per month, and also how are those benefits paid to you. Are they cash? or are they a reimbursement type of plan? And there's pros and cons to both. And this week I have Andrew who is 61 and married. His wife Linda was uninsurable due to an existing health situation. She had a diagnosis that just made her uninsurable. They had looked into long-term care almost a decade ago, back in their early 50s, and found out the news that Linda was uninsurable, and she is, there's not a carrier out there that's gonna insure her with her diagnosis. And so they just figured, well, I have to self-insure. That's what they have to do, which is what most people end up doing because they never look into long-term care planning, and so everything they own is is at risk. And so Andrew was kind of worried about that, but he figured, well, I guess we just got to be better savers and save for that rainy day. So Andrew figured this was really his only option, and he was really concerned about his wife's health. Her diagnosis, I mean, basically Linda's doing fine, by the way, right now, but it's just that sooner or later, it's probably going to catch up with her, and she's going to spend some years in an extended health care situation, and that's why she's uninsurable. It's like the insurance companies look at that, and it's kind of like saying, well, there's a small fire, you know, brewing right there in the corner of the garage, but it's just smoldering at this point. But you know, the wind's gonna pick up down the road someday and probably light the whole house on fire. And so that's the way the insurance companies look at that. So when when people are uninsurable, it brings into context a different discussion. Most people like what what happened with Andrew, he said, Well, I guess we're just gonna have to self insure. But he never thought about what happens if he ends up in long-term care first, because when we have a husband and a wife and one of them is uninsurable, what do we usually think? Most people think, well, it's the one that's uninsurable, that needs the insurance because they're going to end up in long-term care. Well, that's not the case. Statistics just bear it out. Oftentimes somebody that the, the, the spouse will have a chronic health problem and the other spouse will end up in a long-term care situation either due to a sudden illness or an accident or something that could put them in a long-term care situation first. So Andrew had stumbled on our our, our podcast and started listening to long-term care radio and he heard me talking about this. It is a year plus ago, I was talking about a life raft. If there isn't room for two people in the life raft, both people, sometimes they decide, well, neither one of us are going to get in. And I think that's the wrong way to look at it. What you have to look at is in Andrew's situation, he knows his wife is not gonna be able to be a caregiver for him. She's not gonna be able to physically do it. So he's gotta think what happens if something does happen to me. What if I go out and get hit by, you know, the the seventeen year old that is is texting and, and talking to somebody on their, their their smartphone while they're driving dad's car and, you know, I get a spinal injury. You've gotta think about those kind of things. So Andrew ended up reaching out to us. He came to a class. He, you know, knew that his wife was uninsurable. We had filled out the pre-screen. We found out about her situation, and what was most important to Andrew by far was not becoming a burden on his wife, um, not burning through the estate. He was trying to protect as much money for his wife as possible because he knew that, you know, that's that was her only option. They needed to think about that for, her. and he was afraid that if his health was compromised. Number One, he could burn through the money that they needed for her, and number two, that she would be trying to take care of him and physically, he would just put more wear and tear on her and really accelerate her health situation, so he didn't want to do that and What I found out during the conversation with Andrew was that you know he was very fond of his wife he was he was really thinking about how do I protect her. He was worried about becoming a drain on her physically and financially. Um, they have two adult children and three grandchildren. He said, gosh, I don't want my kids to have to step in and be a caregiver for either of us. And so if he's around long enough to support his wife, he certainly will. But if not, you know, he's like, what are my kids going to do? What are we going to do in that situation? So he was worried about that, too. Um, and they worked hard for their NASDAQ, just what I was talking about earlier today. You know, Andrew just worked hard. They saved money. They were very proud of what they did. They they didn't, none of this money was given to him. So he's like, look, I don't want to squander this, all this money that we've, we've saved and tucked away. I don't want to squander it away on care for me, especially if I want to save that money for the wife. You know, I don't care if I squander it on the wife, but I just don't want it to be spent down on me. So we had a, you know, very nice discussion. We went through his estate. He had some retirement accounts. He had some stocks. He had some savings. And Andrew loved the idea of setting up a plan that would pay him back if he didn't use it. Because again, he thought, well, there's a good chance that you know, maybe you know, if, if I die in an accident or die of a sudden illness, that that money wasn't wasted. It can go back to support Linda. So those were the things that we talked about. So based on all of that, this is what we did. We designed a benefit with him, and we started out with a monthly benefit. And what I mean by that is instead of walking in and saying how much can I pay into a plan, we said, how much monthly benefit do I want? And so Andrew said, you know, today, in today's dollars, I want, you know, I think if I had close to $100,000, it, it, uh, that would cover it. And that's $8,000 a month, right? That's going to cover, you know, most assisted living facilities, even nursing homes, a lot of home health care. It's going to be a very meaningful benefit. And his idea was, if I can cover an event for myself I can leave the rest of our estate alone to protect Linda down the road. And he'll have his social security and he's got a small pension, he'll have some income that way. So that was kind of how we started. He said I'd like $8,000 a month and I would like that to grow and keep pace over time. So we started with a plan that had $8,000 a month of benefit with a 3% inflation rider and that just simply means that monthly benefit grows by 3% year in and year out so that 20 years down the road, his $8,000 is now $14,000 a month. Now, we also had to decide how long did he want coverage, and we ended up starting with a little over half million. $576,000 was the bucket. So think of the bucket of money, $576,000. So you divide that by $8,000 a month, he's got a minimum of six years of coverage. Now, again, remember... When long-term care kicks on, if you're only using $4,000 a month, you're taking 4000 out of the bucket. The bucket of money doesn't expire after six years. It's just you can drain it in a minimum of six years. But if you don't, there's still going to be money in that bucket. It's going to last you a longer time. And that's where I think people get confused. Remember, long-term care insurance doesn't expire. You exhaust it. You have to use up all of your benefit before the, the policy stops. So he had a minimum of six years of coverage. Now, the key with this plan is how did we fund it? He could pay it over time, or we could do a single lump sum. And by looking at his assets, and he had savings, and he had some money money, money market accounts. He wasn't real fond of the stock market. He said, look, it's been on a good tear, but I don't want to put any more money in there. So I, I'd like to just use some of my you know, rainy day money, my nest egg money, money market. So we decided to just fund it with a single deposit. So this $8,000 a month for six years with 3% inflation cost Andrew $177,000. So $177,309 to be exact. So that's how much money he deposited to the insurance company. Now remember I was telling you he liked the idea of getting the money back if he didn't use it. This particular plan will pay Andrew back $192,000. So if he goes out and dies tomorrow or next year 10 years or 30 years down the road, it's going to be $192,000 paid back to Linda minus any long-term care benefits paid out. So again, the way these plans work is we're saying, if you use less than $192,000, the money's gonna go back to your estate. So regardless of what happens, whether he ends up in long-term care or he doesn't, he's gonna end up getting more money back than what he put into the plan. And so that's what's nice about these plans. That's not what we got it for. We didn't get it for the death benefit. We got it to protect the estate in case he ends up in long-term care. So if we look at this plan, you know, when he's eighty years old, he's got one million eighty eight thousand dollars of coverage of fourteen thousand dollars a month because it's been growing at six thousand or it's been growing at three percent a year, so his eight thousand has been growing year after year. Now, the nice thing about this plan is if he goes on claim it's going to be a cash benefit plan. So, what I mean by that is you trigger the claim he does' not have to send receipts in to say, "Hey, you know I had home health care agency come, and they spent you know sixty eight hundred dollars this month on them, and they give you the sixty eight hundred he's going to get his full eight thousand dollars or if it's twenty years down the road, he'll get his full fourteen thousand dollars. The reason why we went this route on this design is because Andrew's got an uninsurable spouse. So let's say that Linda's health is compromised as well, too, and now Andrew ends up in a long-term care situation. Well, guess what? Andrew's got, 20 years down the road, he's got $14,000 a month he can bring in. He can use that cash benefit to hire who he wants. He can use it to take care of his wife. If he moves to an assisted living facility because his wife needs that and he needs that, he can pay for both of them with it. It just doesn't matter. The cash benefit gives you a tremendous amount of flexibility. So, again, he's got the money coming in every single month as cash. He can use it how he sees fit. And we'll talk a little bit about that, their IRS limits and the tax issues and stuff. We touched on that last week, but I'm going to finish that up today's show in the last segment of why these cash benefits are good. But the bottom line is for Andrew, he has now got a plan that's going to pay him back more than he put into it. And here's the other wonderful thing about this program. It's kind of unique. Let's say that 20 years down the road, he's 80 years old, and he goes on claim for six years, and he burns through his million dollars of long-term care insurance. When he passes away, his estate's still going to get $38,000 back. That's what we call a guaranteed minimum death benefit. I call it the funeral fund. It means you blew through all your long-term care insurance. You pass away. There's still going to be $38,000 paid at the end of your life. Now, remember, he put $177,000 into this. So really, what, net, net, $139,000, and he's getting all that long-term care insurance. So this plan is really, the one thing about this plan, 69 or younger right now, you've got to be 69 years or younger and pretty decent health to get into this company. But if you are and you fit that matrix, they're a wonderful plan. And this is a situation where I really like the cash benefit because it's going to give Andrew some tremendous flexibility because he knows his wife can't get insured. So if they age gracefully together and they're both on claim at the same time or they both need assistance, she'll never file a claim because she doesn't have insurance. But if he follows that claim and his wife needs assistance, he'll have that cash benefit to pay for both of them. So um, let's uh, wrap this up. We're going to go into our, our last break here. And when I come back, let's talk about who these cash benefits are good for and why you might want to look at one. We'll be right back.
0: Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, providing valuable insight to protect you in the event of an extended health care situation. Learn more by attending one of Brian's free classes this month. Sign up now at 525LongTermCare.com.
2: 525LongTermCare.com. Have you heard beginning next year, all W-2 employees will be taxed for long-term care, but not if you have an existing plan in place. This new government program will make Washington State employees pay for a long-term care plan through a new payroll tax, and you won't have a choice. You won't be able to opt out unless you have an existing plan in place, like my wife and I do through my friends at 525 Advisors. Learn about this new payroll tax and new long-term care plans at a free live webinar this morning at nine. Long-term care is such an important part of retirement planning. A good plan from 525 Advisors can make sure your care is funded and managed when you need it. It protects your loved ones and everything you've worked hard for. They also have plans that pay you back if you never need it. With this new coming payroll tax, I recommend looking into it now because most people can get better coverage for less than what the mandatory tax will be. So attend the free live webinar this morning at 9. Go to 525longtermcare.com.
3: For the most options, including new plans that protect you and your loved ones and pay you back if you never use them, visit 525longtermcare.com to learn more and sign up for the next live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com.
2: How do you know your finances and investments right now in today's economy are positioned for a successful retirement? Well, join me at Zach Abraham's Know Your Risk Virtual Roadshow this Thursday at 4 o'clock and Zach I'm excited to be there tell us
4: what to expect Dory we've taken Bulwark's entire investment and retirement planning process the same one you and Suzanne went through and we've condensed it down into a 30 minute class we'll answer all the big questions do you need estate planning long term care when should you take social security how much money do you need to retire and we're also going to show everyone who attends how to protect their portfolio against loss while still growing their assets
2: join me at the know your risk virtual road show with Zach Abraham this Thursday at 4 o'clock I'll be there too sign up now at knowyourriskradio.com you'll get a free copy of zach's booklet common sense investing too space is limited for this free live webinar reserved now at knowyourriskradio.com investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement with a firm's license to conduct business borough Capital's dba clerk creek financial management a registered investment advisor
0: staying in control of your care options is a better alternative than letting the government decide for you Welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, Certified Long-Term Care Planning Specialist with 525 Advisors.
1: And we're back. And, again, you heard some of the ads. We do have classes coming up on the calendar for next month in April. And again, um you know the five two five process what we really do is we 're kind of unique in the sense that we 're going to start with education. If you call us and you ask us for a quote on long term care insurance we 're just going to refer you back to our website or to a class because that 's not what we do you can You can jump on google and, and get ten quotes for long term care insurance It just they don 't mean anything. you know do you know the difference between one company or the other or why you need one benefit or or one type of plan versus the other plan, and so we 're going to start with education. Educate yourself, find out about your options, find out about how long-term care works, what it pays for, what does the government programs do, what is Medicare and Medicaid, how how are they really different and what do they pay for? We're going to touch on all of that at the classes. So it's just a good way to start. Learn a little bit about me, learn a little bit about Madeline. Kristen is our client coordinator. And we are going to work with you to design a plan for you. And just like our client of the week this week, Andrew, Very unique situation. You know, When I see somebody that has a spouse that is not insurable, I look at it through a different lens than other people. I don't sit there and say, oh, yeah, let's just get you a plan and go. Let's really think about this. Let's think about what happens if it plays out and you end up being on claim first. And we actually just turned a plan on for a client this year who was in this very similar situation. His wife was uninsurable. He's actually providing care for her now and then he was in an accident and now he is on long term care. So, you know, he's just like so glad and so grateful and so are his kids that he has this long term care plan because it's really relieving the burden from the family. I mean, if you you got two parents and they both need care now, what a nightmare. Um what what an absolute nightmare. So, the plan that I talked about here with Andrew, it's what we call a cash plan and what I mean by that is when you file a claim, there's one of two ways you're going to get paid reimbursement That's the type of plan I have. So whoever's providing my care is going to send a bill into the insurance company. They're going to review it, and then they're going to send a check back either to my caregivers or to me or to my power of attorney. I'm in control of that. Most insurance companies do direct pay, but they're going to reimburse me up to my limit. For Andrew's policy, it's what we call indemnity or cash. And indemnity just simply means that you're going to get your benefit once you turn the policy on the full monthly benefit. Now, technically, Andrew, at $8,000 a month starting benefit, if he went on claim tomorrow, he could just pull 5000 out or 3000 but that doesn't make sense. What he would do, and the reason why we designed this plan for him, is because he has a wife that is uninsurable. So when we pull the cash out, what we're going to do is he's going to pull out that full $8,000. And let's say that he only needs two. Well, what is he going to do? He's going to start banking that money, that $6,000, because that is money that they can add to pay for care for Linda down the road. So who are these cash benefits really good for is number one, if you have a spouse that's uninsurable, I like to look at these cash benefit plans. If you have an adult special needs child or you have an adult child that is living with you because they are not going to be able to go out and be fully functional on their own. I have a niece who has Down syndrome. She will be living with my brother and it, um, her mom for you know until probably the rest of her life until they pass away. So in those types of situations, cash benefit plans are nice because imagine that you age into a long-term care situation. Now you have a cash benefit. You can go in and you can get the two-bedroom assisted living facility. You can bring your kid along. You can have that cash benefit to pay for all that stuff without it being regulated. Technically, reimbursement plans, Like if you're moving to a facility, it's not a problem. The problem where you run into is technically, if, if you're there to take care of me, you're not going to be able to have that reimbursement plan take care of your spouse if she needs care too. It's the covered insured. So cash eliminates that. Now, remember, the IRS says that cash benefit plans, you get $400 a day, which is $12,000 a month. So Andrew is well under that limit, so he doesn't have a lot of paperwork to do. Most CPAs will say if you have a cash benefit plan, you should keep track of where that money is being spent, but the IRS is really giving us some wiggle room. They're saying as long as it's under $12,000, we're not going to hassle you. We're not going to come in and, and tell you that you have to provide us those receipts. If you're receiving more than 12000 today, so let's say 15000 a month, that's okay. It's just that you have to provide the receipts to get all that money tax free. And so if you're only spending 10,000 a month, but you're receiving 15, you just have to claim the other 5,000 as income. And people laugh at that because I'm like, you know what, I'd love to be in that situation. I don't, you know, give me an extra $60,000 a year, I gotta claim it as income and pay tax on it. I'll do that because it's it's money coming out of that policy. It's, it's, it's a gift, right? It's, it's free money, so to speak, at that point. So the cash benefit plans can be a wonderful tool for a lot of people. Now remember, One of the things I talked about Andrew about is he was very close to his kids, and they had kind of mapped that out because he said, look, if I pass away, my kids are going to kind of step in and make sure that Linda is covered because we don't have long-term care insurance, so we're kind of having to think that through. Cash benefits are just that. They just pay you the cash. They don't provide a lot of the concierge care service or any of that stuff. You can hire those. We can certainly guide you. There's national companies that we work with that we can, you know, for a few thousand dollars a year, you can hire your own care coordination, so we will guide people to do that. It's just that now Andrew has that money in those cash situations to actually just pay for whoever he wants. You can even hire a family member. That's the other nice thing about these cash benefit plans. If you plan on living with your family and you want to pay your kids, maybe you have a mother-in-law out in the backyard and that's where you're living, guess what? You can use your cash benefit plan to pay for informal care. So that's another big advantage. So I always ask that, um, and so really the 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 cash benefits couples where one is uninsured. I always like to look down that at those options. Um, parents with adult dependent children, and again, someone who is living in a multi generational household or living with their family members. <clears throat> Excuse me. We like to look at those cash benefit plans. So. Um, And again, there's no perfect solution in long-term care planning. What it's about is trying to get a plan that's going to make the most sense for your situation. The reason why everybody doesn't get cash benefit plans is, number one, the underwriting is a lot more difficult. Um, A lot of people are not going to qualify for them. Andrew, our client of the week this week, was at 61. He was in great shape. But if you're like 75 right now and your health is a little bit more compromised, it's really hard to get a cash benefit plan. I've got three really good asset-based options. I've got zero traditional plans. Those are just uh pay-as-you-go until you're on claim plans. I don't have any of those that give a cash benefit plan anymore. But the f- asset-based ones, they do, and there's a lot of options, and there is a great fit for them. So again, we're looking at the whole big picture. There's pros and cons to everything. That's my job as the advisor is to sit down and guide you through this process, not to sell you something, not to tell you what is exactly right or wrong because we don't know that, but to guide you and say these are the options, this is what my experience has taught me, this might be something you want to look at for your particular situation, you qualify for this, that's really the approach we take. So you've burned another hour with us on Long-Term Care Radio. I appreciate it, and uh, thanks again for all the feedback. We love the questions. If you have a question for us, you can shoot it through us at our website. Sign up for one of our upcoming classes our process is pretty straightforward. Educate yourself. You can do that through a website, through a class. Fill out our pre-screen. It's available at 525longtermcare.com. And then we will start the process with you and try to design a plan that works for you. So thanks again. Um, I'll be back next week with another new show. Thanks for listening
0: to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian O. Event info, planning resources, and long-term care radio podcasts can all be found at 525longtermcare.com. To schedule an appointment with Brian Ott, call 425-748-8188.